Because if I would have stepped into that intern year and those athletes would have said, oh, oh, you're someone new, you're someone young, you're not really that good yet, or we don't want to participate, we don't want to do this, we don't want to do that. I literally don't have a career because I don't think I come back, right? Like if if it's just closing doors left and right, that's really hard to want to break into that space and continue to work in that space. The athletes that first year literally made my career. I mean, Angie Kiocho, Lauren Hager, Ashley Burkhart, the Hendersons. I mean, Nadia Taylor, there was Renata. I mean, there's so many of them. There, Molly, I mean, Molly, there was everybody. And all of them... It completely embraced me. Thank you for having me. This is probably the most full circle moment I'll ever have in my career is doing this with you in particular. So uh, I'm super pumped to be here. Oh, we are listening to 2000s pop punk. I'm talking Newfound Glory, All American Rejects. That is just what gets me next level. So, yeah. It's like no one in my friend circle ever wants to ride in the car, like have put give me the ox because I'll just put on Newfound Glory and everyone's like, okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I'm honored. <laughs> Uh, Chili's was the big thing when I was uh, in travel ball. That was like, we would always, Chili's was like in the center of my hometown. So we would go play ball and then we would all go get some triple dippers. And, uh, yeah, Chili's was the hot spot. <laughs> oh, you go home and you eat a, a microwavable frozen dinner and just sit quietly and just not do anything. Yeah, it's usually too late to go anywhere. So you normally just go pop in that microwavable meal and just sit in quiet. <laughs> I think definitely with my dad, my dad was our team, club, all-star, whatever, my whole life. He was our coach slash manager. So every car ride I ever had growing up, we would get in the car and before like the engine is started, my dad is on the phone with the other coaches or parents. And I would just sit there and like hear him talk about all the like behind the scenes type of stuff. And then eventually I'd put my CD player headphones on and just kind of drown it out. But those were really good times with my dad. Um, like just talking game, I guess, 
in a in a great way, not like here's all the things you did wrong, but just like bonding. I mean, we spent hours and hours and hours in the car together. So anything with my dad. Oh, yeah. My dad was, was, he was like the, the team dad. So he, like, I was last on his priority list always. It was always about like the other kids and making sure that like we clean the dugout and that everyone had rides home. So like, I got into a habit at the ball field where I would call my dad, Jimmy. Cause if I called him dad, he would never turn around. So if I said Jimmy, he, I could like get his attention. Um, but they were, it was never really about like, here's all the things you did wrong. It was more like, especially when I was younger, okay, you know, you understand the game better than the other nine-year-olds. Let's capitalize on that, especially with soccer and with softball. So it was kind of just like always very encouraging. He was not a dad that was like, you went 0 for 4, we're not getting dinner. You know, like that's not really how, how he went. It was just always like a relaxing, calm kind of dad. And again, normally he was on the phone with other people. So we never, he was never like, you're terrible at hitting the inside pitch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you know less than 10% of high school softball players go on to play college softball? The recruiting process can be hard and confusing. That's why the Alliance Fast Pitch partnered with the best in the recruiting game, NCSA. NCSA has been a leader in college athlete recruiting for over 20 years and has helped more than 250,000 student athletes make commitments to their college choice. NCSA provides innovative tools to help athletes through online education and performance training. Expert recruiting guidance from former college softball coaches who've actually been there, data-driven college college matching tools, and access to more college softball coaches than any other college recruiting service. And get this: Alliance members get fifty percent off NCSA Team Edition and NCSA services. Yes, fifty percent off all recruiting services and products from NCSA just for being an Alliance member. And trust me, I've asked. The Alliance is the only partner with this 50% off discount for our members. Take advantage of this Alliance membership benefit. Get the edge on recruiting. To see what NCSA has to offer, visit thealliancefastpitch.com, click on Partners, and find NCSA. NCSA, the smart way for coaches, clubs, and athletes to win at college recruiting. For sure. I mean, I started at T-Ball at four, and kind of like those really early years, I was just kind of bigger than most. Like, I hit my growth spurt kind of early. So I knew from an early age, like what kind of like physical dominance looked like, especially in soccer where you can be like really physical. Um, so I like excelled, you know, up until probably that junior high, high school age where you can just kind of like outsmart and out muscle kids. Then once you get a little older, people get faster, people get smarter, people are working on their mechanics and their fundamentals. Um, so I was a lifelong pitcher. And then when it was very clear that I was not going to be a successful high school pitcher, I actually switched to catching. Um, and so I loved being behind the plate. I loved quarterbacking. I loved using my voice. I was lucky to kind of find my voice on the field early on, which is something when I was coaching, I was always trying to 
strive to catchers um, to, you know, really be vocal out there. Um, and then, you know, I knew I wanted to play in college. I knew that I was not division one talent. I'm from Louisiana, like LSU was not calling me. Um, the other major D ones were not calling me and that's okay. And I knew that I, I could find a program that fit me. Um, and I also knew that I really wanted smaller class sizes, which is what I found in division three. It just worked perfectly. Um, so my recruiting story is actually a little bit weird because I only applied to Millsaps. I knew that was where I wanted to go. My sister actually went there the four years before I did. So I was familiar with the campus. Um, and there's just a lot of things that fit that fit really well. So I, I went and did my four years at Millsaps. And I would say I was like about a run-of-the-mill player you know my freshman and sophomore year you're just figuring things out you're messing up a lot and then junior and senior year became captain and you know started to kind of find myself and kind of realize where I fit in the team I was not your four hole hitter I was like your eight or nine hole hitter that could be versatile and do things but I was not setting any records you know played my four years there and went to school at Millsaps and got my degree and um, I went straight into graduate school from there for film and then that's kind of where I I met up with, you know, working in pro women's sports. So there are most, there are some days where I really miss playing, where I really miss being, you know, on the field, but I'll go watch a pro game and like, I'll watch a catcher catch a double header. And I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't miss that part. You know, my knees are, they're good where they're at. So, so that's the softball journey in a little nutshell. Yeah, I think, again, going back to my dad, I think my dad was really helpful. I mean, so many girls in this community get in to call, continue their career playing in college. And most of those were D2, D3, and JUCO to being able to assess, you know, kind of talent and skill and say, kind of, here's where you're at and here's where you fit. I think another really big thing of it was back then, Softball was not what it is now being on TV and breaking records and the Women's College Softball World Series is just completely massive. You know, those bigger programs were out there, LSU, Florida, Georgia, whatever, they were out there, but you weren't really getting that visibility like you do now. So it wasn't that huge pipe dream that girls see now or where you can follow, you know, players on Instagram and see them unboxing shoes. And you're like, yes, I want to do that. You know, it wasn't kind of that same thing. And I was okay with that. I knew that if I tried to walk on at, let's say, Northwestern, which is a smaller D1 in Louisiana, I could maybe walk on. I might see the field by my junior or senior year. But I wanted to play immediately and I wanted to make an impact, you know, on a program immediately. And that's where D D3 really fit that bill. And Millsaps is an unbelievable college, you know, like I, we, I joke around, but like my teammates were like biochem majors and like going into law school and business school. And I was like, I'm going to go paint in my studio. So like. I went to school with really brilliant people and got an unbelievable education. And that was just as important to me. I didn't care about going to LSU. I didn't care about partying. I didn't care about, 
the big sports atmosphere. I didn't care about any of that. So I went and found with the help of my family and such, I went and found what would fit me. And that was the division three route. And if I could go back and do it again, I would do the exact same thing for, you know, a million different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Millsaps was, was such a high academic standard school. You could not really like skate by, you couldn't not show up to class. You couldn't not, you know, do the work that was assigned to you. None of that would fly. You couldn't hide from your academics. Um, which in my core classes I hated because like I didn't want to do geology or all these horrible math classes, but like you have to work through those. And that's not to say anything negative about D1. It's it's when D3, you know, when your class size of math students is 15 people, you cannot like be invisible in the back of the class. You are going to have to figure it out and, and you're going to be challenged. Um, and in, in the classes that I loved and in my classes for my major, that is huge, you know, when a professor is like, hey, you know what, I've noticed you've been a little off lately, like what's going on? I don't know if you get that at a, you know, at LSU where you have 300 people in a class, but in the at division three and these small schools, you get that one-on-one -on -one attention and that's what I needed to thrive. I'm still very close with several of my professors from college and we keep in touch and I've reached out to them in grad school or post-grad school with with things that I needed help with, or literally I was like, Hey, I know we read this passage in this book in my junior year and I need it for my grad paper. Can you help me? And they're like, yes, of course I babysat their kids. Like, it's just a very, it's a very small environment. And, and they're really willing to say, Jade, what do you need? And they're going to give that to you. And, and that's really what I needed to thrive academically in the art department. It was awesome because you kind of like have free reign in a sense. My professors were like painters and sculptors and, and, and people that draw. So with me, I, I get, you get this kid coming in who wants to do photography and they were like, call us when you need help, like do whatever you want. And like, it was amazing. I got to make terrible work and great work all at the same time. Um, and again, that's just not, that's not something I, I don't think I would have gotten at a, at a bigger, at a different school. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. My experience was reversed. I, after Hurricane Katrina and we had an influx of students, I was at like the largest high school in Louisiana to then go to Millsaps where, you know, there's like 1200 kids on campus. It was like a major reversal on just the dynamic of the classroom and the school and things like that.
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the first time I ever picked up a camera was my dad's VHS tape and I was 12 and I ran around the neighborhood. I was friends with a bunch of the boys in the neighborhood and we ran around shooting a VHS uh, film about this kid who lived in a street and a box and whatever, and it was dumb and it was crazy. And that was the first time that I can remember like directing and holding a camera. And I was like, well, this is cool. And then eventually I got one of those kind of little mini handheld Sony handy cams that had like those little mini DV tapes. And I just brought that with me. I was like that kid in every stereotypical high school movie. That's like smile. That was me. Um, so I was just like shooting and shooting my friends and shooting church stuff and all that. And then that kind of developed into like, okay, let's get a little bit of a better camera. Let's maybe try some new things. And then eventually the first time I held a DSLR and took a photo, I remember it very clearly. It was actually at the softball field and it was an upperclassman had a DSLR in college and brought it down on like an optional mandatory day. Like, you know what I'm talking about where it's like, oh, it's optional. But if you don't come, I'm going to notice that type of day. And we were down and we were on the line in left field and I, she let me use it and I held it and I clicked. And I remember being like, yes, like that feeling of the shutter for the first time, probably like the same time, like when you first hit a home run. I mean, it's like that kind of feeling. And so from that point on, I was like, I just need to take pictures of everything. And they were all terrible photos back then. I mean, so bad. I would like, I would use my roommates or my teammates or go use like buildings on campus or trees. I walked around one day taking pictures of trees, which is so bad. But it was just kind of like, let's just take a million photos and eventually you're going to take a good one. Um, and I just eventually, you know, I knew I loved softball and I knew I loved photography. And at this point, I kind of had a business doing videos and recruiting videos. And they just kind of at the end of my playing career, just kind of beautifully merged um, and you know, put me on the path to where I'm at today. And, and that, that intern year, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but that intern year was just really just set me off to, you know, my whole career. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. I I just have to say, I remember that meeting when you were on the computer, because there was six of us, there was three kind of in the front, and then three kind of in the back. And I was in the front. And I just remember you were talking and I was like, like my mouth was just like open. And I was like, I have to email her. Like, I was just like in complete shock that there was this woman out there who was 
who was just like saying all of the things and doing all of the things. And so I just have to say that because I actually remember that that meeting really clearly. <laughs> Wait, hit me with that question one more time. I got so excited talking about the meeting. I lost my train of thought. So early on, back in those days, I mean, there was there was no rules. There there was no structure for media or social media. Like no one was really having like big social teams. I mean, it was a wide open space. So there were two things. One was having the freedom to create what I wanted, which means failing and succeeding. I mean, it's just like softball, right? Like you're going to make so many things that are terrible and then you're going to make some things that are good. I mean, statistically, it's probably like the same thing. So it was having the freedom um, and that space to be able to just succeed and fail all the time. The second one that I think will always be the most, no matter where I'm at in my career, are the athletes. Because if I would have stepped into that intern year and those athletes would have said, oh, oh, you're someone new, you're someone young, you're not really that good yet, or we don't want to participate, we don't want to do this, we don't want to do that. I literally don't have a career because I don't think I come back, right? Like if if it's just closing doors left and right, that's really hard to want to break into that space and continue to work in that space. The athletes that first year literally made my career. I mean, Angie Kiocho, Lauren Hager, Ashley Burkhart, the Hendersons. I mean, Nadia Taylor. There was Renata. I mean, there's so many of them. There, Molly, I mean, Molly, there was everybody. And all of them completely embraced me. And just, and I said, hey, let's shoot a music video. And they were like, yup. And I, let's do this graphic series. Yup. They said yes to literally everything. And that is what just gave me the green light to build my own confidence, to build my own portfolio, to, to wake up eager to go back to work. And that's athletes from the other teams included. I mean, Kat posted my photos that morning I woke up, she posted my pictures. I texted you because I was like, surely she didn't post these, right? And you were like, no, that's her. I mean, everybody in this community embraced me and welcomed me with open arms. And that is something that from now until as long as I live, to attempt to do the same with people that want to be in this space, because had all of those things not happened, I never would have continued to be here. And I think so much of that at the at the very root of it is just a love for what you do. If you love whether you're a photographer or a videographer or you're a writer or whatever the case may be, if you really love what you do, those doors are going to open for you. The right people are going to embrace you and and bring you to this next level and you just can't be afraid to fail. I mean that's I mean again, it's just like in sport. You can't be afraid to fail. I could pull up so much of my work from the past that I'm like, that is terrible. But like I made it and I did it and it brought me to something. It brought me to a better thing. It brought me to something new, a new idea or, or improving on it. 
Um, and that's, that's a really big one is you just, if you want it, you just have to go out and get it and just keep pushing in, until it comes. Luckily for me, I was surrounded by a community that was like, hey, you want to be in pro softball? Come hang out. And then it, that's just kind of how it took off from there. I would say be authentic, 100%. Whether you have like uh, 20 brand deals, no brand deals, whether you're, you know, with a uh, program officially or not, whatever the case may be, be authentic with what you post because when you're not, it is such a red flag. It's so easy. If I were to, if I were to get on Instagram and be like, here's a protein powder. People would be like, girl, please, you don't care about that protein powder. But if I was like, oh, hey, here's this cool piece of camera gear, like I light up about it, right? So like whatever it is you're doing, be authentic about it. If you love filming yourself taking BP reps, then do it. If you hate that, like I hated cage work. I would never film myself doing cage work. Also, my swing was kind of horrible. But, you know, but defensive work, I would do all day long. I would film myself taking defensive reps until there's no more sun in the sky. So be authentic and then when those deals, those brand deals and all that kind of stuff start coming through, go with the ones that that you really trust your gut on and that you think work well to your personality. Um, just stay. And it's really difficult because to tell a 15 year old to stay true to who you are, it's like, I don't I'm I'm 34. I don't I'm still figuring out who I am, you know, but just go with your gut. Your gut doesn't lie. And um, and just be authentic as as much as possible. <laughs> yep. To enjoy it and to have fun and to don't leave anything on the table. So let's say, let's say for, for me, I think it would be super awesome. When I was in college, I was like a little wacko and I would have loved to have taken a photo, you know, have someone take a photo of me where I'm going, ah, I would have just eaten that up all day long. Right. So when I go to media day, like I'm going to bring that energy. I'm going to like, I'm going to work with whoever's there and I'm going to be like, Hey, what about this? Or what, how can I offer you this? Or how could I do this? Don't leave that day going, man, you know, I wish I would have done something differently. I wish I would have gotten a glove shot. I wish I would have giggled more. I wish I would have laughed more. All of that kind of stuff we want you to do. We want you to come in and, and be yourself. So when you step into a media day, that's your only thing is just be you and let that shine and, and try to be open to new things because I get athletes that I don't really know very well. And when I meet them, I'm like, 
let me pull a little bit out of you. And most of the time, 99% of the time, they're totally willing to do that. So when you go in a space that maybe you're not super comfortable with, let whoever's guiding you just kind of pull a little bit more out of you. And I think you're going to be really surprised. Some of the the best photos I've gotten of athletes are the one that they didn't expect to take. Those are some of the best ones. So just be open and be a sponge and be you and be relaxed. And hopefully, you know, whoever's guiding you on media day is, is going to pull the right things out of you. Oh man, my best media day story, probably my intern year because I went, I didn't know any better. I went to Walmart and I got a white bed sheet, uh, just a white bed sheet, probably cost me $8. I didn't iron it because I didn't think, I didn't know to do that. I hung it up next to a window on top of an air conditioning unit and squeezed everybody in there and took maybe the worst headshots that exist on this planet. I need to post them on my social media. Um, and at the time I was like, I'm killing it. Like, this is great. I didn't know any better. Nobody else clearly knew any better. And I just kind of rolled with it. And um, now I look back on them and I'm like, oh man, we've come a long way. But that Walmart bedsheet on like day five of being an intern will forever live in the worst parts of my brain. Yeah, I will. Yeah. So each sport, it's so wild. Each sport has such a unique identity, right? So to me, softball is like summer camp. Like we all get back into Rosemont and it's like, you have, you get to see all your buds, all your friends, the girls that feel like family. It's just like a six week party of just happiness. You go to volleyball and they are much more just like, I'm here to do my business. I'm here to work. I'm here to compete. And I go home. To me, they they don't have that same type of kind of like deep, deep sisterhood that softball has. They all play in Europe. They all play all over the place. So they're not, I don't think, as quite as familiar with each other as softball is where like Sam Fisher and Shitty have been playing together for like 158 years, whereas volleyball is a little bit different. So they are much more kind of like, I'm here to be a professional and do my business and, and I go home. Basketball is just a completely different culture that that the only thing I can do is like step in, do my work and be like, you guys are great. Like do your thing. Cause, cause volleyball just comes with so many other different aspects that are really unique to be a part of the way their music, the fashion, the way that they interact with each other, their language when they're communicating. It's just, it's very different. It's very special. It's not something that I'm used to, but shooting basketball is always like a really fun experience to kind of get a view into another sport that you don't really have a lot of experience with. I have yet to go to lacrosse, so I can't speak for lacrosse, but they're all they're all wildly different. The similarity that I think is the through line, especially at Athletes Unlimited, is that they root so hard for each other. I mean, like, of course you have your rivalries and they all want to win because they're all some of the most competitive people on the planet. But at the end of the day, they all root for each other because they know that when they lift one person up, everyone is lifted. And they know that when they 
retweet someone who hit a grand slam off of them, they're lifting that person, they're lifting women's sports. Um, and that's, that's across the board Their their support for each other is wild, especially like when you hear them on the field, like someone Jordan Roberts could hit a home run 309 feet, which is blows my mind when I think about it. And like on the way around half the defense will like high fiver and they'll be like, dude, that was crazy. Like, it's just hilarious how, how they support each other. And um, it's super, super beautiful to see. And it trickles down into all the other aspects of women's sports. I mean, you know, we try to be like that as content people lifting up our own coworkers, lifting up people that we admire in other sports. It's super, super amazing to be a part of uh, because women's sports is just a space that's unlike anything else. I think this is a good time to tell you about Pocket Radar and our partnership for Alliance members. Pocket Radar is the official radar technology partner of the Alliance Fast Pitch. Pocket Radar's technology is currently utilized by coaches at the highest levels of softball and by parents and players training in their backyards. They provide software and hardware solutions tailored for player development and recruiting. Pocket Radar's new app platform is a powerful tool for athletes looking to improve their game and have their metrics be seen by coaches across the country. We use Pocket Radar in all of our Stars of Tomorrow combines. And you know what's even better? Alliance coaches and families can get up to $150 off Pocket Radar Smart Coach and Training Bundle on our various buy days that we do with Pocket Radar. And every Alliance coach is eligible for that annual discount throughout the year. Learn more about our partnership with Pocket Radar and how you can receive an Alliance member discount by visiting our website, thealliancefastpitch.com, and clicking on Pocket Radar under the Partners tab. <laughs> yeah. What have I learned the most? I think, well, I, I guess this one's kind of like what's relevant to me right now is that we are putting in so much work now and we're trying to improve so much. There are so many women out there who came before us that we don't know about or that you just don't see. I mean, you you put in how many years in the NPF, right? And like now our athletes are on tops cards, but like what about everybody else who played for years and years and years who doesn't who doesn't have that and and it it just it it's humbling to think about all of the women that put in so much work that are not on ESPN and not getting the recognition now but that are literally the reason why we're here. I mean, I've thought about that so many times just when it comes to tops cards where I'm like Angie Kiocho was not on a tops card. She should have a monument built to her, but like she didn't get to be a part of that but she laid the foundation. You laid the foundation. The sports bra up in Portland just released a series of patches that are like some of the most iconic women in sports. And half of them, like you might not know their name. And there's just, there's so many women out there who have done so much for women's sports that we have to be thankful for. So I think that like halfway answers your question, but it's like been on my mind recently as I've been just like on the internet and stuff about 
There's just a lot of people. I mean, even in my own world, there's a woman named Dina Quit who was a, Chicago, a photographer up in Chicago who photographed the NPF for like 10 or 15 years. And like, I get to benefit from the work that she did because she was doing that work. Like Instagram wasn't a thing. If you were going to see one of her photos, it was like in the newspaper maybe or something. And, and now she put in that work for so long and she enabled me and encouraged me. And now I get to be out here thriving and hopefully encourage the next person. And that kind of ladder system is just all up and down women's sports. Any, any way you spin it. And it's, it's really cool. It's it's really special. And what wait, what was the next one that you asked? Sorry, clearly my train of thought is like I get so just fired up. I'm excited for the day when the stands are completely packed and it's not news where like we get on a Monday morning call and we're not talking about ticket sales because it's just it's just how it is. It's 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 what's expected when that day comes for not just for softball, but kind of for all sports. Women's sports is going to settle into such a groove to such a, a little, uh, not a little, such a big place. Things that we can't imagine now are going to start happening. Who would have thought that Nebraska was going to sell out a football stadium? I mean, when they announced that, you're just like, what are we thinking, volleyball? And it sells out in like 15 minutes. And you're just like, soon enough, all of these these milestone things are not going to be news anymore. And that's what we're that's what we're striving for. That's what we want for that day when I don't have to be a women's sports photographer. I'm a sports photographer who shoots women. Um, and that day's coming and everyone's putting in a lot of work for that day. Um, but I, I think that's that's what I'm most excited to see when when people say like, oh, when did you start working in women's sports or whatever? I consider my time in women's sports like trench work, like it is not glamorous sometimes. And and I think eventually one day, it, you know, they're not going to think that way. They're just going to be like, yes, I work in women's sports and it's amazing, which is like where we're at, where we're trying to be. Yeah. 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 My, the number one thing I could say is find a team. I don't care what team. It could be a 10U softball team or it could be LSU. Find a team and stick with them like glue. Say, I'm going to commit to this team for a season. I'm going to photograph as many games as I can. I'm going to be out at practice. I'm going to invent a media day for this team that's never had a media day. It doesn't matter what the case may be. Find a team and stick with them. And that is going to build your portfolio. Um, and you know what, like when I was an intern in Dallas, like that was completely free that I was an intern, I was an unpaid intern. 
But that work and that summer allowed me to build a portfolio by just showing up, by being at every practice, every game, make yourself to where the team can't be without you and make yourself to where you are like part of that essential travel party, right? Like, oh, we need a trainer and we need our GMs, our assistant GMs, our coaches, our staff, and we need a photographer. Boom. That's going to that's gonna do so much for you. And again, that could be a 14U travel team or it could be your local junior college team or your local D2 team or whatever, but find somewhere and stick to them. And that's going to open so many doors for you on, on so many different levels. Um, yeah, that's, that's when, when I have girls that, that DM me and send me messages and ask for advice, that's usually the first piece. The first thing that I will, I will tell them is to just find, find a team and, and stick with them. Not expendable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge honor that will never, uh, that will never drift out of my mind that it was, uh, it's an unbelievable honor to wear uh, USA across your chest, no matter if you're like the trainer and the photographer or the player. I mean, it's just a really cool thing. Um, I actually wasn't sure if I was going to try and go to the Olympics because I was like a freelancer and I, you know, I'm not like at USA headquarters and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. And I was actually texting Kat Osterman and I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know what's going to go on. And Kat texted me back and she said, you're a badass. You have to believe in your badassery. And then she said, a dream is worth fighting for. Um, and then I was like, all right, um, we're going to try and do this. And then it happened um, after, you know, COVID and the tour and all that kind of stuff. So so going over to the Olympics was just like a massive thing of like nervousness and anxiety. And it's like so weird because you feel so comfortable in that space. But you also know that like you're at the Olympics. Like it's just, it's just a wild sense of comfort and just complete and utter anxiety. I actually, the night before our very first Olympic game, I went to clean my lenses and I had rented a lens and I open up the case. And as I open it up, I hear rattling and I take the lens out and the glass had broken on just like transport. Like I, I literally broke a lens the night before. I spent the night before the Olympics just in tears crying so hard it was like the world was coming to an end and and so yeah i just there's so many memories of getting on the bus with the team and and walking through the venue with the team and you know the empty stadium which was like bonkers because you know there weren't any fans but i i think above all else there was an immense sense of pride for the athletes because i've gotten to witness Haley mcclenny's journey since she got out of college and now I get to see Haley on the biggest stage. I've seen her in the weight room. I've seen her on, on Zoom calls. I've seen her giving lessons to kids and doing camps and clinics with kids. And her whole career led up to this moment. And I get to witness it. That is what like brings me to tears because 
you know, these athletes become more than just athletes at this point, right? Like I'm, I think I'm going on year nine or something, you know, Taylor Edwards is more than an athlete to me. I have known her for all these years. I've gotten to work with her. And so being able to watch them step on the field is, is very emotional. Um, and is something that is, I would imagine is kind of rare, you know, in just in work and in life in general, being able to experience that um and and just knowing what these athletes go through to get to that stage is just um i'm so proud of them and 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 i hope that people can understand what they've sacrificed and the work that they've put in to get there um and it's just yeah that that gets me emotional thinking about that So, so they have um, at the Olympics, it's called the, I think it was called the MPC, the media something center. And at the center, they have like Canon, Sony, they have a lot of the different vendors who are there to service shooters, like photographers in general. So I remember I got in a cab with uh, Morgan, who uh, worked with USA at the time. We drove, we went like 45 minutes into the, into the city to go to the Canon thing and you could basically like rent out a lens and they would, you know, they would give it to you and then you would use it and you would go bring it back. So, um, yeah, shout out to Canon professional services. Cause my lens was not in good shape. <laughs> yeah. So much. Yeah. That is, I have never been asked that before. That's a phenomenal question. My initial one is, God, I want to say Hannah Flippin. She's just sneaky. She just sneaks into media day and just absolutely slays. I'm going to go Hannah Flippin and Taylor Edwards. No, not at all. And she just kills it. Taylor is just like the sweetest the sweetest thing ever that gives you not all athletes can smile and be serious, right? Like most people on this earth can do one or the other. I can smile when I smile. I'm great. When I try and be serious, it, it looks like I'm going through something internally. Taylor can deliver on both of those fronts. So can Hannah. And so to have athletes that are so like perfectly, genuinely awesome, then just kind of give you this like mean mug is just, it's really great. We've really perfected that over the years. I'd like to think. <laughs> probably Haley McClinney. I mean, she's just a golden ray of sunshine and there's just lots of giggles. Like she's not afraid to poke fun at herself. Like it's really funny when you tell Halo to, to laugh, her, her neck disappears. She turtles it like every time. I mean, for years. And I'm always like, Halo. And she's always like, I know. And she just, she just giggles and it's just, it's really enjoyable. Her energy is like nobody else's energy. The one that comes to mind is it's uh, it's on like the homepage of my website. It's of Aubrey and Monica at Worlds in 2018 over in Chiba, Japan. And it was right before the game started. I think it was before the gold medal game. 
and it's from behind with this beautiful sky and the lights and it just kind of gives you a sense of the moment that they were in. Um, so I, I think I'll go with that picture. I'll give two from last season at Athletes Unlimited. Um, sometimes in between innings, I'll go lay behind, like right by second base, and I'll lay on the ground and shoot the pitcher during their warmups from the back. Well, at some point, I don't know when, but Sis Bates, when she would run out to shortstop, she would jump over me. That just became like this photo op moment of Sis just like, catching air and I didn't really like know what she was doing a lot of times shortstops will do funny things like Ali Aguilar used to have fun with it but sis just now starts to just like sky over me and it's just like really hilarious because our photographer our other photographer snapped some pictures of it the other one would be Bubba Nichols Bubba Nichols is like such a weirdo in the best way I love Bubba but when she hits home runs and she comes around third I don't know what, I don't know if she's having out of body experiences, but it's not like photogenic. Like she makes these like wacky faces. And at some point this season, she comes around and I said, Bubba, can you just like give me something that's just not like super weird? And so the next home run that she hit, it was maybe like the next day, she like, you know, yeets one to the highway and she comes around third and gave me like a, ah type of thing and i just remember we went back in the dugout and just like laughed about it i was like thank you bubba thank you for giving me something that's usable on your home runs and that just kind of like relationship with the athletes is just it's that's that's part of it's just really fun that's just a fun moment <laughs> yeah right yeah Yeah, the secret is shoot pitching photos in between innings, 100%. I would say a lot of the photos that you see of, of pitchers are all in between innings where you can get like really close to them. Typically, I mean, you know, when pitchers are throwing warmups, like they're a little bit more loosey-goosey, their walkthroughs are just kind of nice and flowy. But that that a lot of times will will always do the trick is just get them, get them between innings when they know you're there. So they might give you like a little bit more of a relaxed face, a little bit more of like a less crazy, you know, pitchers are there. God bless them. They're doing the work, but some of their faces are just a little, a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I took photos of Kat back in the NPF when they were wearing shorts. And her legs, it's unbelievable. I mean, like her leg muscles could like punch you in the face. I mean, it's just, it's bonkers. And you're like, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> I think above all else, I would want people to, before they comment, you know, like on your photos or skill or anything would just be someone that shared knowledge and that did did their best to um to bring up 
the next generation to to give them what they needed to succeed. That's I've found so much joy in that in the last couple of years. Um, so many like Zoom calls and phone calls and email threads with girls who are like high school or junior high or or college or, or in grad school who are like, how can I get advice or how can I, what are my camera settings? Like all these conversations are, are what's really beneficial. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on like your podcast, but I mean, literally that is why I do it is because I had you who did that for me. I'm, I'm not going to cry, but it's, it's, it's such a direct impact when, when I get to talk to these, these college kids who say, Oh, you know, I, I, I wasn't really sure about reaching out to you. And I'm always like, you know what? I, I, I end like every phone call. And I'm like, at some point, someone's going to reach out to you and you're going to do the same thing. And, and literally you were that person that, that did that for me. And that, that trickle down, that's going to be happening for all eternity is, is that's just going to keep happening more and more and more. So I would hope, you know, legacy is, is building others and building this community before, you know, oh, she took a great photo. You know, at the end of the day, that's that's not what's the most important. It's about, you know, everyone else who is also trying to get in this space and and trying to succeed here. And that the, the phrase a rising tide lifts all ships, you know, that's that's the goal. I was not expecting to cry on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that means the world, Jamie. I appreciate that. Thank you. This was excellent, man. I was like so hyped for this. I mean, this was, these are like the, the most fun conversations to have with people who are like in this community that like understand what you're talking about like it's just this is this was a complete blast like thank you so much for having me hey guys we hope you're enjoying the car ride home podcast hopefully we're filling the air and making your car ride home a little bit more enjoyable please be sure to subscribe to our podcast on spotify apple or youtube and leave us a review if you have any special guest or request that you'd like to to hear or have us bring a guest or a story onto the podcast shoot us an email info at the alliance fastpitch.com we'd love to hear from you